102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536. Stevie Ray Vaughan on Rock 102. It's going to be partly cloudy today. Sunny a little bit, too, but uh, you're going to see some clouds. High of 47 for tonight. Clear, low of 26. And for tomorrow, mostly cloudy. A high of 50. It's 33 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Man, what a show today. True crime author M. William Phelps will be joining us later on this morning. And then, get a load of this. The legendary Barry Krieger will be here, too. Huh? Am I right? You're damn right I'm right. It's 537 Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549 and the Eagles on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 51. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, what do you say that you and I together hold hand in hand and jump into some Hollywood trash for Rock 102? We don't really need to do the hand in hand thing. I know exactly where you're going. I can just follow you into the Hollywood trash. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to bring uh, some visuals into it and rather just go into it straight. I don't know if I'm very comfortable holding your hand. All right. Well, then let's just say we'll do like a little bro bump of the elbows and that'll be it. How about a seductive glare? That makes me uncomfortable, but sure. Well, you made me uncomfortable with the hand thing. It's just a, like a handshake. That's it. Sure, it is. Or like we're, uh, or like we're uh, you know, arm wrestling, like over the top with and Sylvester we're, Stallone. We're not Thelma and Louise here. All right, but if we got to go over the cliff together, George, it's you and me. <laughs> George Clooney blamed the producers of the movie Rust for a lot of stupid mistakes that led to the death of a cinematographer. He didn't call out Alec Baldwin specifically, but Alec was one of the producers, so he kind of did. Well, that's gonna yeah, that's gonna make things uncomfortable. Uh, Pee Wee Herman is going to host his own radio show for one night only on KCRW in Santa Monica. He said, "Quote: I'm so excited. I don't even know how to do it. I'm so excited. It's my very first one." Why does he sound like uh, Grover the Muppet? Because he is near, and then he is far, far away. <laughs> Who is that? That's uh, Pee Wee Herman. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And he says, uh, hopefully, this will evolve into something bigger. A one night radio show? What is he going to get? A podcast? Uh, I got news for you. Yeah. Radio ain't just one big thing bigger. Uh, even though he's dating Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson's kept things professional when he worked with Taylor Swift on SNL last weekend. A source says, quote, he is clearly aware of the history that Taylor has had with Kim and Kanye, and uh, he wasn't going to make that a thing. Yeah, well, that's a that's that's a deep thing. Or he's just uh, struck, starstruck by Taylor Swift. I would be. I know you would be, but you know he's he's. Uh, if you're really lined up all the women that he's dated, mm-hmm. Taylor, I, I couldn't even. I mean, I mean, they're not dating, but I wouldn't even put her in like the top five. Taylor, Taylor. Well, you think Ariana Grande is better looking than her? No, but I'm just saying. All right. He's he's, uh, he's had himself uh, quite. Quite a menu. Well, he's a he's a good looking man. No, he's not. Well, he he's got a lot of redeeming qualities. Name some. That thing, and then the other thing. He's got two things. He's got two things. Maybe yeah. that's why. <laughs> that's probably why he's so popular. Marilyn Manson is now being accused of having a small soundproof enclosure called the Bad Girls Room, where he would lock uh, lock women when he was mad at them, sometimes for hours. I hope this doesn't affect his reputation. Yeah, um, you know, going even going to a party at uh, at Marilyn Manson's house 
might not make it uh, the best idea that you've made in your entire life. I would, uh, if I got an invitation, I would probably uh, decline. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, with with graciousness and, uh, and 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 with a thank you for at least inviting me. But I would probably say, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks. I'm uh, I'm all set. Hey, would you like to come over to my house and hang on the sex swing? Mm, no, I'm all set. I don't think so. You want me to? You want to come over and I'll uh, hook up uh, jumper cables and a battery to your nipples? Mm, Do no. you need an answer right away? Well, I, I can. I need to know by six because I get other invites out there. Uh, Peacock is coming out with a three-part docu-series next year about Barney the Purple Dinosaur from Barney and Friends. Because that's what we need. I better write this down. I don't want to miss out. It'll be about Barney's rock star-like rise in popularity that eventually made him a target for hate and rage in pop culture. You know, as much as uh, people hate and rage on uh, Barney, Barney uh, was very successful in captivating these children enough to make billions of dollars over the course of, I don't know, 10 years or so. You know, people hated on that purple dinosaur, but that purple dinosaur was being hated by people who were not really in the demographic to be watching that show. Kids loved that thing. Yeah, kids love repetition. And they love sitting there watching the show over and over and over and over. And, and they over like again. they like a dude in costume. They do, especially a big giant purple dinosaur. Yeah, I mean he may have made adults who, feel uncomfortable, but who, who loves apples and bananas? That was one of the songs that they had. Are there any adults that grew up still saying bananas? I don't think so. I think we all kind of phase into it. Yeah, I don't really hate Barney. I just don't watch it. Now, Caillou would be a different thing. Oh, that little son of a gun. I'd like to take him and throw him off a Canadian cliff. A, uh, and for good reason. Yeah. A uh, Taylor Swift fan messaged John Mayer and said she hopes he chokes on something. And then John Mayer actually confronted her and asked her asked if she really wanted him to die. And she, then she immediately apologized. And she, she said, I don't think you'd see the message. What's all the hatred about? I don't know. He's gonna choke on something. I, I mean, really? I mean, that's that's a you know, just a, that's I mean, a, a choking inju- inju- injury is a, yeah. a very scary thing. The uh, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission tweeted out a warning about the fire hazard of a dry Christmas tree, along with a weird picture of a burning skeleton that looks like it belongs on the cover of a cheesy metal album. Someone cheated, quote, "I want to hear this album." It does well, sound good. It does sound good. Oh, you, you got your uh, these these organizations that do these like scare tactic, uh, you know, type of things to get you to make sure that you know the with the whole COVID thing oh, yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, oh my God, you're going to die if you don't do this. Don't they realize that there are some times when a warning isn't really a, a, a disincentive to do something, but almost makes you feel like a challenge has been has been cast. Like, if you don't yeah. do this, or, well, the moment you say don't do this is the moment I want to start doing this. That's exactly it. It's like the sign that says wet paint, don't sit here. Well, I'm going to sit there. You want to sit there and you want to touch it because it's wet paint. So it, so it ruins my pants and my yeah. shirt. Big deal. Like, I can always buy a new pants and new shirt. I need to sit down. Uh, Morgan Wallen is launching a massive 46-city tour next year. It picks up on February 3rd in Evansville, Indiana, and wraps up September 24th in Los Angeles. And he'll be forming at iconic venues like New York's Madison Square Garden and Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. 
Until, that is, the protests come along and they say, Oh, yeah. We don't want to. Uh, remember that uh, night you had that drunken night and you were outside yelling the N-word at 3 o'clock in the morning to your girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, could you yeah. please leave the racism at home? Yeah, we, we don't want you here. That, Nowhere on my ticket does it say I have to sit through any racism. Uh, and that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. All right. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? Let me just say for the record that it would take the jaws of life and something extraordinary for some would-be competitor to entice me to leave this job to work in some sort of floundering hellhole. I'm a man with standards and a comfortable position, flapping my gums about nonsense every single day for you, Rubes. And I say that with great respect and appreciation. And that's why I'm still here nearly 27 years later. That same sort of appreciation cannot be stated for now former Red Sox left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, who after seven seasons and after completing his fully guaranteed one-year $8.3 million contract with Boston, has allegedly agreed to a contract with the Detroit Tigers. Yes, I said the Tigers. A team that has not made the playoffs in seven years. A team that has not finished less than 10 games back in the American League Central in five years. A team that has not won a World Series since my senior year in high school, which I can assure you was a very long time ago. Why did he leave the comforts of Boston after seven seasons? Well, perhaps it had something to do with the Tigers offering him a five-year contract worth a reported $77 million. That works out to just over $15 million per season. That's nearly double the amount that he was getting paid in the Red Sox uniform. Now, that all sounds great on paper. Doubling your salary, leaving a team that's rich in talent that's full of promise despite losing in the ALCS to Houston. Yes, there's lots of reasons you'd want to leave, I suppose, but I can think of no reason why somebody would leave the warm and loving embrace of New England in the summertime in exchange of five years of one of the worst cities in America. But I suppose if you love the smell of abandoned factories, crime, abject poverty that's stuck in the industrialized wasteland, then I suppose Detroit would be right up your alley. Personally, I would have stayed in Boston for less, if for any other reason than the fact that at least they have a professional baseball team there. But hey, you enjoy all that money, Ed. We'll be busy getting ready for next year's playoffs instead. But hey, and of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have a pro sharpen your chainsaw. It's a damn good idea. See Alan at the Westfield Rockies. Alan is a steel train chainsaw expert. If you need service or repairs or want to figure out which chainsaw to buy, it's good people like Alan that's going to help you out. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 and Queen on Rock 102. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a, suddenly the show's become a brass against show. Whew. Man. Yeah, that, that, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. See, normally uh, if, uh, if a song is playing, you go as the song is starting to the bathroom rather yeah. than with one minute left. And you said, I think I can make it. And I thought I could hold the keg in longer. Yeah. <laughs> you made it down. In in a, in with with like a, like a fraction of a second yeah. left, unbelievable. It's like uh, it's like going to like one of those VFWs where all the taps are plugged up with stuff that has fruit flies in them. <laughs> you, take a breath. It's going to be uh, sunny to partly cloudy today and a high of forty seven tonight. Clear, lower twenty six, and for tomorrow mostly cloudy, 
High of 50. I don't know what the temperature is right now, but it's, it's probably uh, 32. 32. Probably pretty cold. Uh, M. William Phelps, truth crime author, is going to be uh, joining us today. He's got a brand new podcast out, always writing something new. And, of course, the legendary Barry Krieger will join us today after 8 o'clock. What's he going to talk about? I don't know. Uh, probably Barry Krieger type of things. Like, you know, what's Barry doing now? What's your secret to your egg salad? Well, I think we've already discussed the egg salad yes. and his uh, obsession with the Costco chickens. But we're going to get to the bottom of everything going on with Barry after 8 o'clock today. So I want to talk about this uh, story out of uh, Southampton. I saw this on Facebook the other day, but this is the story that came out yesterday uh, after uh, somebody was arrested. All right. uh, a Winchenden. Is that how you say it? I think it's I, – I don't know if it's Winchenden or Wickenden. We can do that guy has been arrested uh, by a Southampton police Monday night after an incident at the Big Y parking lot. Officers were called to the parking lot around 4.30 p.m. Sunday for a report of a suspicious person allegedly putting something into a gas tank of a parked vehicle. By the time officers arrived, the person had left the area. Witnesses were able to provide police with enough information to identify the suspect, 37-year-old Alexander Yee uh, of Winchenden. Winchenden? I think it's Winchenden. In uh, Worcester County, and on Monday around 4.45 p.m., Southampton and Winchenden officers arrested Yee at his home. He has been charged with breaking and entering into a motor vehicle, as well as malicious destruction to a motor vehicle. Now, the uh, Southampton police say they're uh, continuing to look at the incident to examine if there's any underlying motives uh, and if this is similar to incidents in other nearby communities. Okay. Right? So, I get this thing from Facebook. Because, you know, like water in the gas tank doesn't seem like a huge crime, just like an annoyance. It's still a crime because you're damaging somebody's property. Though. Sure, but it's like doesn't seem like uh, you know something that should be on the on the top shelf of news until yeah. the second part. So uh, I see this uh, Facebook post the other night uh, from a woman who says, "Important warning: sex predator. This just happened to our daughter in the Big Y uh, in Southampton at approximately 4:30 today." While she was inside shopping in Big Y, two witnesses noticed that a strange man was pouring something into our daughter's gas tank. The witnesses asked the man what he was doing. He stated that he was, quote, putting dry gas in his friend's tank. He put dry gas in the tank. Okay. As opposed to the wet gas. I usually use the wet stuff. The witnesses fought, uh, or the witnesses thought it was suspicious and took a picture of his license plate. They also waited for our daughter to come out of Big Y to warn her what, that a stranger was messing with her gas tank. Our daughter then called us, and we called Southampton Police. Southampton Police ran the plate number and stated that this plate is well known to Amherst and Hadley Police. Over 108 incidents involving this plate number. 108. 108. That's uh, and they haven't been able to uh, track this guy down yet after 108 not. incidents. Uh, apparently, this man pours water into young women's gas tanks and then waits for them to drive away. He follows them, and when they break down, he approaches their vehicle and flashes his penis at them. And has a rope attached to his penis. Um, to help tow the vehicle? I don't know. If you got a rope on that thing, that's pretty big. Well, I don't know what you don't know what size rope it, it is. It could be like a, it could be like a like a laundry laundry True. line or you know a nautical uh, hemp rope. You don't know if it's shaped like a noose. Is he well hung? Not yet. Did it? I, yeah, no, I, I got you. I got you. There's uh, um, no explanation as to why he needs the rope, though. No. He said, we don't know how aggressive he can be. He has not been caught yet, but we are hopeful the police will be able to catch him soon. Now, that's, this was from Sunday. They've already caught the guy. Uh, please warn your family members about this. Attached is his plate number. He drives a 2011 black Toyota Corolla. 
That should be a crime in itself. Well, I don't know about that. It's uh, actually a very uh, convenient economical vehicle. A 10-year-old vehicle? No. Uh, so I'm trying to understand. You know, I realize we all have our uh, various bugaboos, our various mm-hmm. uh, you know, kinky things that we uh, that we enjoy. I mean, I, I'm sure you do. I, I don't. I'm you know clean as a whistle. But um, the rope on the penis yeah. at uh, in, in, in a in a roadside incident. I'm going to need some sort of explanation as to what that well, what that really means. I mean, that's pretty elaborate. You know, you're. You know, you're taking the time to watch somebody walk out away from their car. Right. You walk over to the car after they go inside a store, pour water in their gas tank, then wait however long it takes for somebody to go shopping. What if, you know, what if uh, these people might not be like a 10-minute trip? You know what I mean? It could be you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Now, now you're adding that time right. to your idle time. The person finally comes out. They get in their car. They start driving away. How long does it take for the water to start effing with the motor? It's a good question. I don't. Uh, I don't really know. And then, uh, so when you finally do, get, uh, you get somebody pulled over. You walk up to their window. You have a rope attached to your penis, and you pull it out on the rope. And then you get back in your car and you drive away. There's got to be an easier way to show your penis to everybody. Well, I'm sure there is. And, and again, uh, you don't know what kind of uh, knot he's using, whether it's some sort of, uh, you know, a knot he may have learned to say like a, in a like a, a for a Boy Scout merit badge oh, or yeah. something that was, uh, you know, like a like a medical knot or something nautical. You don't know. But um, do you tell the guy, uh, thank you, but I'm waiting for AAA? Do you do something to kind of defuse the situation, or do you start well, mocking his penis? Well, I would imagine that uh, people wouldn't open a window and even talk to the guy if he's yeah. just right behind you. i got to tell you, uh, I'm, a, I'm a 55-year-old man uh, and have been for only a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But in all that time previous to the birthday, I have never felt compelled to whip it out or show it off like it's some sort of uh like a trophy he took it out yeah i mean i i I realize that dudes do it all the time i'm not that kind of guy that just wants to put it out there you know what i mean yeah i get you you know i mean not out of shame or discomfort but i mean i just know that uh you know socially speaking it's a major faux pas like people have a big problem when you whip out your penis they do they do. I don't understand why. In fact, it's everybody's a, got one. Every most men have some. Yes, it's seen as provocatively negative. Uh, I mean, profoundly negative to be whipping it out. And I, I guess I just don't understand the appeal of it. Does well, that, does that I mean, make me prudish in a way? I mean, I, I, I guess I can uh, if you if I understand the deviant criminal mind, uh, they get their jollies off that. The jollies is you having you see it. But this just seems like too much work, you know. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes the uh, the best, uh, you know, the best kinky things out there really do require a lot of planning and mechanical know-how. I mean, you know, and it's pretty scary too because it's like, well, how long does this guy think he was going to do this before, you know, he did something more? Right. You know what I mean? Like, not just whip it out. <laughs> But, uh, you know, maybe he, I mean, he could have been, he, 
there is a potential there for uh, somebody to be assaulted, right? Uh, or you know, physically, not just with the eh, I'm pulling the rope up, right? I you know, I we all I don't know if you do. I mean, I knew dudes that you know had like no problem just exposing it, just you know whipping it out yeah. in public. I was never one of those guys, and I never f- understood why someone would feel compelled to do it. You know, we, what what is it about you that says you know what? I feel like having this out in the breeze, and I feel like doing it in a public spot. I've never understood that. I was really surprised to, uh, you know, once I started doing that whole dating scene again yeah. a few years ago, how many women uh, get unsolicited D-picks from, from people? Like, unsolicited. Yeah. Not, uh, I would like to see your D. It's like, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm Bob. Boing! Here's the picture. Apparently, it happens a lot more than you might think. Yeah, and I'm just kind of wondering. You didn't even uh, you didn't even like uh, build the sexiness. Yeah. Uh, for that, I don't. I don't think it's a particularly effective icebreaker. Frank, frankly, no, it's really not. Uh, I think it's a, like a deal breaker. Well, where are you from? Well, let me show you right from down under. Uh, <laughs> you know. I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it just seems like, yeah. oh man, that's just like that's a that's a very patient sexual predator. I, I'll say. Uh, I'd say yeah, I'm going to wait for you to go to the store. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're getting uh, just bread and milk today, or maybe you're shopping for Thanksgiving. If so, I'll see you in ten minutes, or maybe forty-five minutes. And while you're waiting, take a look at these giblets. And then uh, and then you wait. You put you put water in the gas tank, and then you got to wait for the like. Like that's that's the other thing. The logistics of that whole thing. Well, I'm being. How do you know what? I'm being told that water works almost immediately. Okay. In a gas tank, it messes up your gas almost right away. Even if you had, let's say, they had a full tank though, like a full tank, it wouldn't take longer for the water to start getting into the gas, or is the water lighter than the? Than I, the think gas, the, I think the water, the water may actually be heavier than the gas, so it sinks right to the bottom of the that, tank. That's what I'm trying to, to, to get at. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's still uh, <sighs> still a lot of work. It's you know it it's so much work. But to and and then to drive all the way from Winchden, Winchenden. Yeah. To Southampton, you yeah. said. Yeah. That's a bit of a hike. Oh, let's see if I can get away with this all the way out here. Well, once you've hit all the retail. Areas of uh, Worcester County. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once they're all waiting for you, you said 108 incidents of this. You know, at some point, if you want to keep on going, you have got to branch out. You I can't just, stay in the same county line. It's, uh, you know, he's, he's out there in the parking lot. Of the, it's no surprise. It's, <laughs> it's my big guy right here. Yeah. There uh, you go. All right. It's 624 on Rock 102. It's 820, uh, excuse me, 627 with Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, uh, more of the same with a high of 50. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. And William Phelps, Matt Phelps, is going to be uh, joining us later on uh, this morning. He's got a brand new podcast out. You know, he's a true crime author. He's been uh, you know, on investigation discovery for years. We'll find out uh, what he's been up to. And also Barry Creer coming up after 8 o'clock today. Uh, in the meantime, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai. Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke. And that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. What does the Crime Stoppers hotline in a glory hole have in common? 
I don't know, Steve. What does a Crime Stopper hotline and a glory hole have in common? The tips will always remain anonymous. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's the truth. You see? Because when you call, they don't trace your number. I and don't understand do that joke thing, at they all. They can't see it. How about a rope on the end of that one? <laughs> Booyah! 631 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Servio Locksmith. They got a key for that. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. A man from Springfield was arrested after a search warrant was conducted inside of an apartment on Putnam Circle Friday. Firearms Investigations Unit detectives had been investigating 38-year-old Hector Colazzo of Springfield based on information they received. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! (laughs) And and he's singing like a jaybird. Yeah, it's Hector Colazzo! (laughs) Detectives were granted a search warrant for his address, according to the release provided by the Springfield Police Department. And at approximately 6 p.m. on Friday, members of the emergency services unit knocked and announced their presence. Colazzo barricaded his door and ran to the basement. Members of the emergency services unit got in through the back door and arrested Colazzo. During the search of the home, detectives found approximately 69.3 grams of cocaine, approximately 19.6 grams of crack cocaine, I you say approximately when you're giving the decimal point version of how many grams it is. Well, approximately 19.6. That no, sounds... that's exactly 19.6. Yeah, that sounds pretty specific. Uh, and anyway, they found 190 bags of heroin, ammunition, and $5,482 in cash. All to be won on Wheel <laughs> of Fortune. You know, uh, those all sound like clues to me. I mean, I'm not an investigator, yeah. but those sounds like clues. Um, yeah, why do they? Uh, why do they say approximately? Is it like, it, does that suggest that there may be more in the house? Or, no, you know, or, or someone just, or the scale just doesn't <laughs> go past the decimal point to a certain level. I bet you it's a legal thing. You know, if the the media is talking about, uh, well, approximately nineteen point six. You know, right. you could really use that on a technicality. No, no, no. They told the media that it was nineteen point six when it was actually nineteen point one. If they said exactly, now they're just saying approximately. That number could fluctuate. It sure could. Yeah. Anyway, what he's, uh, what's he going to do now? Well, he's not going to be doing any drugs for a while <laughs> until he gets out again. Maybe. Yeah, I, I suppose that's going to keep him busy. Uh, a deadly pedestrian accident on State Street in Springfield last week is renewing calls for stronger pedestrian protections between the Springfield City Library and its parking lot, which are across the street from each other. 22 News spoke with City Councilor uh, at-large Jesse Letterman, who said improvement plans are underway. This year, we were able to finally see a commitment from DPW to carry out the DOT study that is necessary to bring some action to the area. So what we are hopeful uh, to see are the results of that study, which we are told that we'll conclude this month and hopefully lead to some of the changes we think are necessary to slow down traffic. The study, the whole thing with the studies, the... What kind of brain surgeon does it take to go out there and go, yeah, we need a crosswalk here, and we probably need one down here, too? Steve, have you not been paying attention for the last uh, 200 years here in Springfield? They don't do anything unless a committee is involved in some way. In a study, though. Like, it's I, always a, a, study. a study. The committee gets to—this is what the process is. Somebody recommends that something gets done. Then they decide, well, in order to uh, make any difference, we need to get a committee together to discuss this. And then when the committee gets together and discuss it, what they finally determine is in order for us to enact any of this, we need a study to make sure we're not wasting our money or our time doing this. Then when the study gets there, they bring back another committee to discuss the things that are in the study. At that point, the city council votes on it and it either passes or fails. 
Yeah, but where's the committee watching the committee? That's what I would like to know. The uh, South Hadley police is working on cleaning their property room and putting up unclaimed property on auction. Many of the unclaimed property includes tools, building materials, DVDs, jewelry, and more. Sounds better than, than Facebook Marketplace. Actually, it sounds a lot better than Facebook Marketplace. According to the department, items will be periodically listed on Municipid and will be sold at absolute auction. So it's like an online thing you can bid for. Because they're like low-level items. There's a you got a plate joiner, thirty-five dollars. Could use that. Bid. How about a radio, ten dollars? Who's buying radios? Who's gonna waste ten dollars on something like that? Uh doorknobs, a hundred and fifty dollars. What kind of doorknob costs $150? Oh, a used uh, one. A used? Well, it's, it, they're saying some of these things are like new. Like new. But do, do, don't uh, doorknobs like uh, like F- Subarus depreciate the moment you take them off the lot? Have you ever had to buy like uh, trim for like, like your bathroom or you know uh, doorknobs or anything like that? Sure. To match the things in your home? Yeah. You know how expensive they are? Yeah. They're ridiculously expensive, especially if you got a big door lock like on your front door. I know, but 150 bucks. It seems ridiculous, but that's how much things go for. But this is like a secondary market. I would think that yeah, it, I mean there would have to be a hell of a doorknob to spend 150 bucks for something that is not technically new. And then $5 for a socket extension. Oh man. $10 for shutters. Well, how many shutters? It's like you got to make sure they got enough stuff here that you could like do the project at your house versus, you know, uh, how yeah, many windows it, you got. You know, I'm I'm all for uh, the the do it yourself type of approach to things. I mean, I'm not good at it, but I am I'm all for it. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta watch your costs. Ten dollars for silverware? Yeah, we arrested somebody and we took their forks, and now <laughs> they never came back to got them. They get them, so now where's we got them. We're selling them. And now they're reading with their hands. Uh, $10 for some DVDs. I wonder what kind of DVDs are on these uh, unclaimed property lists from Southampton. Probably lousy ones. Because oh. you got to believe if you got a bunch of DVDs, everyone's picking out the good ones and leaving the crappy ones behind. Uh, three boxes of Bliss Glass and Stone Tile, $15. Ooh, that's a good one. Now it says Nails, $300. Is that like press-on nails, or are they actual nails like you put in a house? Three hundred bucks. It's a lot of nails. It is a lot of nails, but it might be a good deal too. You know, nails are expensive, so yeah. But it's kind of like buying something at Costco. You think you're getting a deal, but you're still spending three hundred dollars. Three bottles of new men's intuition cologne. I don't know what that smells like. I don't know either, but uh, I bet you it's like high karate. Ooh, that's good stuff. Yeah, I wish they'd bring that back. 20 bucks. That's not bad. I might I might go to this little online auction. Yeah, why not? You could uh, use a, a another bottle of smell good. I uh I went on this fragrance.com. I bought this stuff called Jimmy Choo Man. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jimmy Choo is right. his name. Sure. Man is the name of the clone. Oh, I see. It's not uh it's not I thought the, that's how you were just no, describing it Jimmy to me. Jimmy Choo Man. You're yeah. referring to me as the man. Well, it's like like Jimmy Eat World, you know, like it was kind of like that. Right. But yes. uh, Jimmy Choo Man. Uh and I and I bought it cuz I had bought it previously like maybe 3 or 4 years ago, and I figured let me let me change up my fragrance, if you will. Right. And uh, I put it on and then uh, my girlfriend told me I smelled like the Pope. 
What does the Pope smell like? That's what I want to know. But I think it was like that tree. You ever go into like a church and you smell everybody's cologne all at once? Yeah, when you're but, like a, you know, you're gonna, in a in a wedding or something like that. Well, what church is your girlfriend going to where the Pope just I, na- magically I, pops up? I don't know. But she I, been to the Vatican? Has she had a see, an audience with this the Pope? Is the thing I had more questions about this than than answers too. I have no idea what that means. I mean, she seems like a nice girl, but if she's talking about knowing the Pope, I, I'm going to start she's asking. Like, I'm going to do a little background check. The guy, you smell like the Pope. That, All right, what does so that even I, mean? I don't know. I mean, is it like about the incense? Because, you know, the incense is, a, is kind of a musky scent. I think that's exactly what it was. It's a, it's, it is a very musky scent. I do smell like uh, All right. like I'm burning incense wherever I go. I don't really wear it anymore. I was wearing it for a while, and then you know, I got kind of tired of the way I was smelling. And I'm like, eh, you know, I, don't, I, I don't need this. I might... My natural flora is quite uh, is quite appealing on its own. Uh, I'm blowing out pheromones like you wouldn't believe. Unless it's the third day of the marathon. Yeah, well, that's that's different. That that comes but once a year, where I start to bloom and mushroom. That's disgusting. <laughs> bloom and mushroom. You're, you're definitely let not, that let that sink into your mind for not, a while. You're not a fun guy at that point. Oh, I'm a fun I'm a fun guy up until about Tuesday night. A uh, car crashed into the Dollar Tree in East Longmeadow yesterday afternoon. The crash occurred around 3 p.m. at the Dollar Tree located in the Heritage Park Plaza at 406 North Main Street. East Longmeadow Police Sergeant Michael Souza said uh, the driver likely suffered some sort of medical event before crashing into the store. The driver was taken to the hospital to get checked out. No one was inside the store, uh, or no one was hurt inside the store, and uh, no word on when the store will reopen. Mm. You know, I uh, to his credit though, he did blow the horn. He did. He did blow the horn. I I I have more sympathy for for people like this now, the the, the whole medical event thing. Sure. Because uh, you know, I think previously I'd be like, oh my god, how could you how could you drive into the front of a store, you know, like with no alcohol involved, <laughs> right? There's no. It's not like they're saying, oh, this is a drug or alcohol related, right? Uh, but my mom, uh, like before she had her stroke, she was already starting to kind of lose it. And she did one of those gas versus brake pedal accidents. Oh, yeah. In sure. a parking lot where it was a uh, there was one of those cement things in the in the middle of between the two parking spaces. And she hit the gas pedal and then drove up onto the, the concrete thing and, and hit another car in front of her. Luckily, nobody was injured. Right. And there was nobody in the other car. Uh, but it was just like, yeah, that's that's how it happens, you know. People who who start to have memory issues and things like that, mm-hmm. that's how people start losing it when they when they they could be fine. She was fine up until around that point. Yeah, but that yeah, but that's yeah. a red flag, you know. When you when you have somebody who is uh, who has been driving for years and years and years suddenly forget which pedal pedal does what. Well, I I forget uh, what time it is sometimes here. Oh, I do it all the time. If I have, if I'm one of having any memory issues, no one's going to be terribly surprised. Oh yeah, you're the worst at that, aren't you? Yes, I am the worst. I, I'll I'll admit, I have no business doing this job. Twenty two's got this story on their website about uh, with colder temperatures in the forecast and winter fast approaching, some unwelcome guests may try to get into your home. Uh, my family. <laughs> if Thanksgiving is going to be here next week, and they will be unwelcome. 
pets, pests like mice and rats move indoors to avoid the cold. Those rodents can chew on wires in a home, which could lead to hazards like an electrical fire. And here I am buying my own rodent to bring into my home. Yeah, look at you. We had uh, we had a mouse in the uh, the RV up in Vermont. Oh, and uh, you know they they ate through. No real damage. I mean, they ate through like a like a roll of uh, paper towels yeah. that we had hanging from the paper towel hanger. Uh, they they chewed through an oven mitt because apparently those are delicious. Yeah. And um, we were told that if you lay down uh, dryer sheets, those fabric softener dryer sheets, those bounce sheets, yeah, they can't stand the smell of that stuff. Is that true? We bought nine hundred and fifty thousand of them. Have you seen a mouse? No mouse. The mice were gone. Of course, yeah. the RV now smells like uh, springtime lavender fresh. But well, that's better than dead mice smell. I agree. I agree. Because eventually, you're going to go back in there in the spring, and you're going to find more than just one. Oh, I know. Yeah. We thought there was going to be more than one, but it's just it was ba- just the one. It's just bound to happen. I mean, you got a you know you got a situation like that where you're uh, you're, you're not there. And you, so you're not constantly trying to, like, set a trap or uh, maybe put poison down or whatever. Right. So uh, when you go back there in April, oh, man, it's going to be like living in a – it's like living at Disney. There's going to be a big, giant mouse sitting there trying yeah. to take your money. I hope that's not the case. I really don't want it to be. Well, I know you don't want it to be, but I don't think you really have any control over that. No. But uh-huh. I'm, not a big, uh, I'm not a big fan of rodents. At all. And I know you got the guinea pig, and mm-hmm. your kids love the guinea pig. Do you, want me, do you want me to bring it to the Mayflower Marathon? I don't think you need to. We could. We could put it in a shopping cart and roll it around and be all cute. Yeah, no, that would be adorable, and I'm sure everybody would love to see the guinea pig. But, you know, really, you could leave that at home. You know, I'm, afra- I'm afraid of this thing. Like, I'm afraid that if you take it out of the cage, I see people, I saw somebody yesterday that I know, uh, she had... Uh, her kids with the uh, on Facebook. She had the the Tonka trucks with the guinea pig riding in the back of the Tonka truck around the kitchen. Oh, how cute that is! Right? Yeah, right. But then I'm like, well, doesn't the thing run away? Because every time I try to touch uh, this this uh, rodent, it, it, it like scurries away and goes under the little house in its cage. Well, maybe it senses your hostility. Your animals are very intuitive. I don't think they can tell that I'm angry about something. Well, or I'm, I'm sure about you, don't, you don't think that the guinea pig no. can sense that this was done against your will no, and that, that, so. that he is only in the house as a concession to your she, children? She is in the house. It's a she. Yeah. She is only in the house because of a concession. All the more reason, because my guess is the female guinea pigs are far more intuitive than the men who just sit there and you know, wait to be told what to do. Could be. I don't know. I just, I, I'm very uncomfortable with the whole idea of having a rodent in my house. But yet I voluntarily went and bought one. Steve, I don't know. Stupid am I. You know, you know, I, know what you're, I know what you were trying to do, but you know, you just, you didn't think it all the way through. Yeah. You gave your kid an opportunity to prove something. What you should have done yeah. is given her a task that she could not possibly complete. I'll remember that next time. All right, like, okay, well, next, well, yes, of course you could have a kitten, but first you must... Uh, split this genome and uh, do an entire genetic test on these materials. A uh, 45-year-old woman in St. Petersburg, Florida, named Maria Jorglu, which uh, got pulled over around 2 a.m. on Sunday after a cop saw her drifting between lanes. She had alcohol on her breath, couldn't follow simple instructions, and was slurring her speech. 
but she claimed she hadn't been drinking and blamed it all on an egg roll. Must have been one hell of an egg roll. She said she was eating an egg roll in the car, and that's what made her swerve. The police report doesn't mention any food containers or other signs that she had actually been eating in the car, but they did They did find a bunch of drugs. <clears throat> that's not going to be good for business. That's not going to be good for anybody. They found several types of pills, including opiates and a straw with a white residue on it. She's facing uh, charges for drunk driving, possession of drugs without a prescription, and possession of a controlled substance. You know, a, 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 an egg roll is not necessarily any more complicated to eat than any other fast food there is. I mean, you can eat like a, an egg roll very, is very similarly to you could eat like a Big Mac in your car. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're eating, say, uh, like the egg drop soup, you need almost two hands. So that makes driving nearly impossible. I can see swerving with the soup or... You know, maybe like a like a, a an order of lo mein in the car. I prefer a wonton soup if I'm going to have it. Wonton is I ju- I'm just picking a yeah, soup. Yeah, I know. I'm just I mean, it could be any it could be an, even the sweet and sour soup, which wouldn't necessarily be my my first choice of uh, of uh, Asian soups. Egg drop soup looks like uh, you know somebody did something in it. Yeah, they dropped an egg in it. Mm, yeah, it doesn't look like egg though. Well, what do you suggest that it is? Uh, population paste. All right. You know what? That does what? not happen. Yeah. Knuckle In children. every Chinese restaurant. Knuckle children. Stop it. It does. Does it not? Doesn't egg drop soup look like that? Like somebody took it's some... Too, it's too feathery. It's somebody... too... Uh, it's, it's, no. No, it's exactly what it would look like if you uh, you put the, your uh, clunge gun glunge into the, uh, into the... For chicken broth. Well, that's it. I'm off the soup. I'm never ordering that again. Oh, now you're off the soup? Well, when you put it that way, when you describe it as that, how can I possibly drive and eat my soup at the same time? Um, you can't drive and eat the soup. you got to pull over. You can't, Like you said, you need two hands to do that. It's true. I mean, it is true. But an, but an egg roll, you can easily eat in the car. That's a That's simple. Yeah, no, you, and that, it shouldn't even be distracting. I mean, unless you're like one of these weirdos that's like you know, you know, squeezing out that that uh, that little tube of of uh, of mustard or duck sauce on the on the end of it and eating it that way. Yeah. Well, of course you're not going to be able to drive correctly. No, but it's still less messy than the egg drop soup. Probably that you've put your uh, your meat juice into. You know what I'm saying? The hot and frosty. Yeah, no, I get it. I get the, it. Uh, the the the. Uh, I can't say. I can't even say half of yeah, this. Yeah, because you, would, you wouldn't want to get disgusting. Uh, no, I, why would I want to get disgusting? Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be mostly sunny with a high of... Evan and the Almond Brothers on Rock 102. That's Mayor Dom Dom's song. Not going to let him catch, you know, not going to let him catch those dirt bike riders. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right That's about right. that. Yes. It's 32 in downtown Springfield. Uh, Matt Phelps, M. William Phelps, true crime author. He's written like 30 books uh, over the years, uh, just about 30. And he's got himself a brand new podcast called Crossing the Line with uh, M. William Phelps. In fact, a brand new episode has been posted today uh, and, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So you can uh, check that out and we'll be talking to him in just a matter of minutes. Well, it sounds like a plan, man. It is. It's the plan we got, Steve. It's all we got, in fact.
Well, but, that and Barry Krieger coming up after eight o'clock. Oh, that'll be a that'll be a humdinger of an interview. It's uh, six. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, it's always been my position that if you must drive with illegal contraband in your car, you should have the diligence and foresight to obey not only the rules of the road, but the specific provisions of state licensure and registration, which can easily be found online or at your local registry of motor vehicles. Yes, there are always going to be times when you're running drugs, cash, and illegal firearms in your car. But are you driving safe? And are you driving safely in a vehicle that has passed inspection? You see, these are the questions that everybody should be asking themselves long before the police are forcing you onto the ground and reading your rights. Case in point, I present to you Philadelphia Eagles linebacker Nigel Bradham. Nigel's in a bit of a pickle this week after being arrested in Leon County, Florida on Saturday for allegedly driving in a vehicle that did not have a license plate that matched that particular model of vehicle on record. In this case, Nigel Bradham was operating a C8 Corvette, sweet wheels, whereas the vehicle on record was something completely different. At which point, the police approached the vehicle, discovered a familiar herbal aroma wafting from inside the car, only to discover that the former 2018 Super Bowl champion was driving around with nearly three and a half pounds of marijuana in the car. He's also driving around with an unregistered firearm as well, which upon investigation had been stolen from the state of Missouri. How it got all the way to Florida is anyone's guess. Oddly enough, the police did not believe him when he stated that he left his medical marijuana card at home. And so he had been arrested and charged with a fistful of embarrassing felonies. Again, I don't mean to sit here to be overly judgmental. I'm sure there are a fully reasonable set of explanations for this giant misunderstanding. But let's be frank. Had Nigel Bradham taken the time to properly register his vehicle with the State Department of Motor Vehicles, he'd still be on the road today and fielding free agent offers from other NFL teams rather than spending the day trying to find a lawyer to sort through all of these unfortunate legal entanglements. So let that be a good lesson to all of us. If you're going to commit crimes, be considerate to do it legally. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Paint the kitchen sweet basil green or the bedroom the wish you were here blue. In the paint studio at Rocky's, you can select paint colors just right for every room. Benjamin Moore, Clark and Kensington Paint, plus good people and rock solid service in the paint studio at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 712 and Def Leppard on Rock 102. It's going to be a nice day today. Uh, sunny with a high of 47 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 49. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. It's been entirely too long since we talked to uh, M. William Phelps, Matt Phelps, true crime author. And he's uh, been very, very busy doing other things. And he's on the phone with us right now. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? I, I always love the music you bring me in with. You like uh, so bring it, bring it on the heartbreak. Yeah, you know? well, you are going to bring on the heartbreak when when we think sadness and misery. Matt Phelps is the first I, name we think about. I must say, I have been doing a lot of swiping left these days, so right. that's appropriate. That that that's that song. <laughs> um, but first of all, I want to say condolences to you, uh, Bax, for your mom. My mom is doing okay, yeah. but Steve's mom, not so much. Yeah, but my... uh... Steve, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> that, that's okay. Hey, uh, you want to do an investigation about it? Because we're trying to figure out who the uh, real killer is. <laughs> I don't. 
Send me an email with the details and the link. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> my, that's my comeback. <laughs> so you're doing a couple of things now. You've got a, you got a brand new podcast called uh, uh, Crossing the Line. It's uh, it, it's it's uh, tell us about the about the podcast. You're only uh, a couple episodes in, but you're doing pretty good with it, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of built off uh, confluence of the book. Uh, which I've published 45 books, so you guys haven't had me on in a long time because you said 30 earlier, but that's okay. Um, well, I'm just I'm just so, going on the I'm just going on the Wikipedia page, your website. I, I actually lost count after like 20, so didn't have the time to count them um, all. Um, 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 so yeah, it, it's it's kind of uh, just the TV work, the book work, all coming together, and I I did uh, uh, two seasons of Paper Ghosts. A, po- a narrative podcast with iHeartRadio, and then they we talked about more paper ghosts and um, and a weekly show, which is Crossing the Line with M. William Phelps. And it's just, you know, it's like a lot of the true crime weeklies, uh, except, you know, I just have a lot more access and a lot more insight to offer because I've been doing this for so long, you know. So it's something that I, I love to do, actually. It's 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 very fulfilling. You know, when you when you consider all of the all of the all the things that you've written over the years, and and when you were doing the, the the TV show, and you're talking about access to things like, you know, you know, crime scene records, you know, photographs, you know, maybe eyewitnesses, family members. When you have access to all of those things, and there's a lot of true crime podcasters and writers out there that don't have anything close to the access that what you've got. When you see a story that intrigues you, that you say, I want to write about this, is it the same process you go through to get to these people to find out more, or, or is every situation story a different thing? Um, well, every situation is different, but one of the first things I do is talk to the family members of the victim or victims to see how they will respond to me doing a story or podcast or TV or whatever, a book. Um, and then not so much TV, I should say, because TV I don't have a lot of control with. Um, uh, uh, but, but yeah, so I approach it that way. And then it's about talking to the uh, law enforcement to see what kind of access they're going to give me because, you know, I, I want to go in there and have uh, more access than you can get with a Google search. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, rehash what's already out there. It's like with crossing the line. I mean, I'm, I might do like, uh, the BTK case, but I'll have more access and there'll, there'll be new information about it, you know? So, um, I approach it from an investigate, investigative standpoint. Right. You know what I'm saying? How, how welcoming are usually law enforcement, uh, for, for someone like you, the investigative journalist who wants to find out more about this case. Do you, are you met with with a kind of resistance sometimes? Like, you know what? This is our thing. We don't want you getting involved. Uh, go away. Um, Do- no, not so much. Not so much because of my reputation, you know, because I've right. never burnt anybody in law enforcement. Right. And I, you know, I, I sit down and roll up my sleeves with them and discuss, um, you know, what we want to say. Uh, although that being said, I can say this. I have a I have an episode of a crossing the line coming up uh, that involves the Providence and the Pawtucket police and uh, lip sealed on their end. I've been calling them and I've been texting 
the detectives and I've been emailing them and they just no response whatsoever. So, but I'm doing the episode anyway. But what, so. what do you think the reasoning is for that? Is that more of them trying to protect information that they might have that might lead to the arrest of a suspect? Or is it that there it's, oh, it's, he's from the media. We just don't want to deal with him. Um, no, it's because they, uh, I almost dropped the F bomb because podcasting, you know, is a little <laughs> I different. Got you. Yeah. Um, so they messed up, you know, they messed up and uh, they know it. And I'm just calling, calling them on what they did and they don't want to respond to it. That's, that's generally how it goes with, you know, um, law enforcement, uh, prosecution, even defense attorneys. When they mess up, you know, then they don't want to talk. I'm, you know, I'm, they don't want to. Yeah, just the example I'm using is is the uh, that I want to use is the uh, the like dog the bounty hunter going down to Florida uh, for this Brian idiot. Laundry shirt. Uh, 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 idiot. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like he seems like the kind of guy that would probably impede an investigation rather than help it. When I saw him, when his name popped up in that case, I'm, I'm, this is officially a circus now. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and he's the clown. You know, uh, because um, with, in that case, I don't think he did any ba- anything bad for it uh, um, because he didn't do anything. That was kind of a media attention grab for him. It was like, uh, let me get a few more followers, you know. Um, so, but uh, that, that being said, it, it's, it, someone could definitely in an active case. I, you know, I generally don't get involved with cases that are that active. Yeah. Like, like just breaking, you know, I, I, I you know, sometimes uh, I'm, I get involved with a case that hasn't been solved or a cold case or uh, a case that is definitely still active. It's just been a while. Yeah. You know? And then, then you have a guy like uh, dog, the bounty hunter, who is really just doing it for clout, doing it for clout yeah. and, and is in the way. Um, a couple yeah. a couple of years ago on on, uh, on Netflix there was a series which you know has has since been not renewed but it was called uh, Mine Hunter and it was and I thought of you when I was watching it because the the basic premise was you know these are guys in the in the 1970s with the FBI that they're trying to introduce like a psychological profiling on serial killers and you know they recreate interviews that they had allegedly had with like you know the Ed Kempers and the Richard Specks of the world and and, uh, and and these kinds of guys. And I thought of you because, you know, for many years you had this association with a serial killer who was informing you of the mindset of what goes into killing people with you know, with in great numbers. And, and I know it was a very, very difficult relationship uh, for you, but how much do you think you were actually able to extract from that experience of talking to that guy and understanding what goes into a serial killer's mentality. I mean, in 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 in, in well, retrospect, was was that a good thing to have done, or was it more negative for you? Uh, well, there's positives and negatives. I think the negatives outweighed the positives in this case because, I mean, I got a lot of information out of him about what's going on in his head, which is why I went into it. I wanted to know the before, during, and after you choose a victim, you kill that person, what's going, you know, uh, psychologically speaking, what's going on. I, you know, so I did extract a lot of information from his brain um, that, that, A, confirmed a lot of the serial killer research that we see, 
uh, and and number two, you know, uh, opened up new veins of inquiry, if you will, um, for researching. So um, I'm happy for that. But you know, you're right. I mean, the other part of it was, you know, that it broke me. I mean, there was a lot of things going on in my life at the time, but that relationship, that interview for nine years, that broke me for sure. I think what's what people sometimes you know forget is that people who are who are serial killers or you know predatory of, in, to that degree are all master manipulators. They don't just manipulate their victims; they manipulate everything else around them. It's the only real defense mechanism or, or response that they're capable of of doing. It, it's it the manipulation helps them you know, not necessarily have to deal with the trauma they may have had as children or the abuse that they that they endured or, you know, whatever. But people tend to forget the, the sophisticated level of that kind of manipulation. And, and, I, and I'm sure in, in your case, that had to be true. He probably was manipulating. He was probably getting as much out of you as you were out of him. You, you know, you, you said it so perfectly, uh, Bax. I mean, that that. I've, I've not heard it said uh, by the media, uh, if you will, um, that way, because here's the thing. It's the manipulation, and it's paired with charm. They're masters at both. And add pathological expert lying in there. So uh, that's what makes them so good at stealthily stalking, abducting, killing people, is they can charm people. Now, I knew that going in, of course, but, you know, when you're in, uh, the way I described it was, you know, you go into uh, uh, Rhode Island beach water, and it's shockingly cold, <laughs> and you, you stay in there for a while, and it's not so cold anymore. Right. But before you know, before you know it, you've got hypothermia, and you don't even know you, you have it. So that's how I kind of described nine years you know um i went in there knowing the water was cold but you know it got warm while i was in there you know so it, it it's um it, it's a process and um you know uh, finally i was able to get a two-hour documentary made on the book dangerous ground and that relationship that 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 aired uh just like a month ago on oxygen and now I'm done. I'm completely done with it. I blocked him. I, I, I don't. I don't correspond with him anymore. I have zero contact with him anymore. Happy face killer. Good. Um, uh, yeah. Just it. Just he. He. He will just wring you dry. You know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I mean, I still. I check. I check my blocked calls uh, once in a while, and he calls two, three times a day. I can see. Wow. I just don't hear it anymore. Yeah. Uh, this is M. M. William Phelps on the uh, on the phone. With us. Are you are you working on a new book right now, or are you just focusing on? Because uh, I know you had one that came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. But are you working on yep. anything new right now? Uh, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm so focused. I'm doing uh, Crossing the Line that weekly show. I'm doing uh, Paper Ghosts season three, and I'm doing a narrative po- another narrative podcast, not under Paper Ghosts. It's. Um, it's about uh, a case in West Hartford, Connecticut, from uh, 1984, and it doesn't involve murder. 
That's got to be kind of nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, You're taking a break from murder. You're taking for a, a break from murder for a while. Maybe do something happy. I mean, you did a couple. <laughs> you did a couple. You know, you know, you know historical books. Uh, you, know, you need to get away uh, from it for a while. Well, I wouldn't say it's happy, but I would say that it's not murder. And yes, it is nice. Even the weekly show, even the uh, paper ghosts, you know, is is a lot different than sitting down and writing a book uh, all day long and researching and investigating cases for TV, et cetera. It's uh, it's it's different. I feel definitely I can I can step away from the podcasting a lot easier than I can the other stuff for sure. That's good. Matt Phelps, it's always good to talk to you. I'm glad you're doing better, and best of luck on the podcast. Again, it's called Crossing the Line. You can find it wherever you find a podcast, and, uh, and best of luck, buddy. Thanks. I just want to say that um, I'll see you guys at the Mayflower event. And oh, yeah. My daughter, April, she has a box up at her college, Springfield College, uh, to put food in that she's going to be bringing over for you guys. Oh, so, that's awesome. Um, yeah. We'll see you then. Yeah, yeah so and and uh, maybe we can maybe we can discuss uh, where my mother's real killer is. Will you stop? <laughs> yeah, I believe. I'm so sorry I messed that up. I believe uh, Alzheimer I, I, is a real suspect <laughs> in this case. <laughs> listen, you, you, my, oh, I made you laugh. My, Look at that. Listen, oh my God, you're horrible. My mother, right. my mother listens to the daily podcast yeah. of this show. You probably put her in a grave by scaring her. Right? It's like, wait, am I, ah. am I alive? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Phelps, it's good to talk to you. It's seven. You guys, take it easy. Thank okay, you. We'll it's seven twenty-seven. A rock one. It's seven thirty-one with Bax and O'Brien. A rock one hundred two. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of forty-seven. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of forty-nine. It's thirty-two right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, again, the uh, the name of uh, Matt Phelps' uh, podcast is uh, Crossing the Line. It is very very good, and you can uh, check that out wherever you find podcasts. Just like the Bax and O'Brien Daily Podcast. That you'll find an Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest John Flansburg from They Might Be Giants. Check it out. Really cool interview. They're coming to the area uh, next year. I believe it's March at the Academy of Music and then at Mass Mocha in September in North Adams. So, again, all that available on BaxNobrian.com. Mocha. Yeah, I love a good mocha. It's delicious. We got news next to Rock 102. Bax and O'Brien's annual... Ma- 735 at Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement this month. Yankee Home is offering a free down payment coupon valued up to $1,400. Call today and mention Rock 102 for this special offer. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, Route 202 was expected to, to be closed for some time yesterday after a two-car crash that caused at least one of the vehicles to catch on fire. The uh, crash took place about 10.15 a.m. near the intersection of Appermont Highway. All traffic was being rerouted, according to uh, Fire Captain Kevin Kavanagh. One of the uh, drivers was brought to a local hospital by ambulance to be treated for injuries. All occupants were able to exit the vehicles before police and fire departments arrived. One of the vehicles caught fire after the collision. Firefighters Firefighters were able to extinguish that blaze quickly. That is one dangerous stretch of road. The Appermont Highway? uh, No, the uh, Ventura Highway. Is it it because of the Loggins in in Messina? Yes, it is because of the Loggins in Messina. No, that's uh, America. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Right. All right, my mistake. Either way, uh, it's a very dangerous stretch of highway. And I don't know, I think it's because of the mountain. that When you're driving over the mountain, you're driving from Westfield into Holyoke. Right. 
and uh, which can be dangerous all by itself. Oh, it's very dangerous. As soon as you cross, it's like crossing. It's like when the people of uh, West Berlin met the people of East Berlin when the wall came down. I'm right. Like, oh man, what a crap hole it is over there on the other side of that. Whereas the people on the Holyoke yeah. side are saying, "Wow, you, you want to come over? We got Nintendo over here. <laughs> they've got they've got f- yeah. uh, lighting and uh, and gas stoves. Uh, but it's one of those. It's it, when you're going up on from the Westfield side into Holyoke. You yes, gotta, it, it turns into two lanes, and then what happens is the slower traffic is supposed to go into that right lane, and then the uh, the passing traffic will be in the left lane. But uh, many times people don't move over." But you always have somebody like trying to speed up, you know, when there when there's an open lane. You're yep. like, ah, oh, let's let's go as fast as we can to get up this mountain so I can beat all this traffic and these slow pokes here in the right lane. The problem with that is many people are texting while they're driving and they cross the line, and that's uh, this is more than uh, yeah. This, yeah. This, this, these accidents happen more than uh, not. I mean, it was the, it, it, it was stretcher road. It was never a fully safe. Yeah, road to travel, but things have changed a lot since I lived out there. Yeah, you know, back when yeah, you know, we'd go through from Westfield to Holyoke over to the Falls Pub, yeah, you know, because we're to meet all our sophisticated friends. Oh, that's uh, the Falls Pub. That's a hell of a place. Well, yeah, I got to tell you, it was uh, it was uh, it was like a second home to me for a number of football seasons. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you absent uh, husband. Uh, no, no, actually, uh, at the bar all day. Long. We would go together. Oh really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I was gonna say that could have been the beginning of the end back then. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna keep things to myself. I probably a good idea. A Winston man was arrested by the Southampton Police Department on Monday, accused of putting something inside the fuel uh, tank of uh, the fuel tank of a parked car at the local Big Y. 37-year-old Alexander Gee was charged with breaking and entering and malicious destruction to a motor vehicle. On Sunday around 4.30 p.m., Southampton police responded to the Big White parking lot for a report of suspicious activity involving the gas tank of someone's car. When they arrived to the scene, the suspect had already left the area. Witnesses provided police with information, helping them determine Yee as a person of interest in the case. Yee was arrested by Southampton police yesterday at 4.45 p.m. with the help of Winston Police Department. Authorities are still looking to determine if any underlying motives exist with Yee's alleged conduct with this incident and possible similar incidents in other communities. For example, the Hadley Police Department told Western Mass News there was an investigation underway into suspicious activity involving a man accused of putting water into gas tanks of female drivers, something that could put them in danger. Authorities told the TV station it appears that the person may be trying to damage vehicles owned by women. Uh, filling gas tanks with water can cause problems with an engine, according to carparts.com. That's where they found that information. Yeah, but I don't think that was this guy's motive. No. I don't think he was trying to be destructive. So I, just uh, trying to think he was, I think he was just trying to be a pervert. So I saw this Facebook. I was sent this uh, Facebook post the other day of uh, this woman who was describing this incident that it was her daughter involved in the incident they're the ones that called police to begin with right uh apparently uh this guy would put water in someone's gas tank follow them after they come out of the store to wait for their car to break down only to get out of the car walk up to the window and pull his penis out on a rope you got a leash for that thing well, yeah, it probably has a mind of its own. Clearly, it needs to be disciplined. It needs to be uh, restrained. Now, y- you think about all about of this. Put a muzzle on that. Thing. Right, absolutely. 
uh, you think about all this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that probably worked up to this. You know, first he wanted to expose his penis, and he said, "Yeah, I'm not getting the, the satisfaction I need. I'm, How, not, I'm get, getting the reaction I want. Yeah, I'm not getting the reaction. That's it. What can I do to make sure that someone can see it? And then, and then you like you you create this uh, this scenario with the water in the gas tank, and then uh, you know, then then whipping it out isn't just enough. It's like, well, what prop could I use to make it better, to make it more spectacular? And he thinks, I got rope. Yeah. So he bribes, you know, he, he wraps it up in the rope or ties it up in the rope or whatever he does. And rather than just whip it out, he's he's tugging on a, on a rope like it's some sort of uh, marionette. That's like, uh, you know. Uh, it's, like, it's like howdy-doody all of a sudden. He's like pulling one of those jokes. You know, I get this thing in my wallet uh, that I pull out every once in a while. Yeah. It's like, hey, you got you want to see a picture of my pride and joy? And it's oh, a picture. A it's a picture of uh, pride cleaning uh, fluid and joy soap. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, so, haha, that gets a laugh. Or even the one uh, I used to have one that was a picture of baby goats. It says, hey, you want to see a picture of my kids? <laughs> you know, and you pull that out. I'm yeah. that guy, by the way. I'm that guy. You still do that. I haven't done it in years, but I still have the picture in the uh, in the wallet. That pride and joy joke is something I saw first in 1974. This uh, Well, this picture looks like it's from 1974, even though, see, it's still there. I don't know if you can see it. God damn it, you actually have that picture. I still have that picture. It's time for a new one. It is time for, it might be time for a new one. It's a little yellowed. Yeah, but that's how it's, it's like antique-ish, right? Yeah, right. So maybe he's walking up to these windows of the car with the rope uh, designed like a noose, and he's like, hey, look, it's on a noose. I'm well hung. (laughs) See, the, the rope shouldn't be necessary. Actually, exposing your penis shouldn't be necessary either, but, you know, this guy's got a compulsion. Well, you know, as I said earlier, look, I don't condone be- this kind of behavior. No. However, I do uh, like to think about the logistics. If you were going to do something deviant like this, there's much better ways to show your penis than by putting it on a rope yeah. and whipping it out in front of a car. But but this guy has, you know, again, it it's it's probably been like the a part of a of a long process. It's a continuum. You know, he starts doing one thing that doesn't work, keeps adding new things. You know, not so much unlike, say, like a carrot top show. Mm-hmm. You know, at first he was just doing jokes, and all of a sudden he brings a trunk full of props. Oh, yeah. Like and then that. after a period of time, you realize, hey, you know what? I'm not really enjoying this carrot top show the way I should be. This isn't the way it was supposed to work. Yeah, this out. is this. Uh, what's next? A guitar act? Yeah. I Again, there's a. There's, it's just too elaborate. You, you, you pay. It's too much. It's, it's just, just it's too much. You're yeah, going to need a camera over here. Oh, that's it. I'm off the project. And now that he's been busted, yeah. now that, now that he's been exposed publicly, and I mean that, you know, literally now, now that he's been exposed to the public, you know, if the guy gets out, and, uh, and I'm sure he'll be on probation, um, he's going to probably figure out another way. Yeah. Another way that's probably even more bizarre. Yeah, well, now now I gotta add something to this a whole uh, dog and pony show. Like sparklers. Yeah, sparklers. Hey, look, I'm like the Fourth of July guy. Yeah, sparklers. A uh, lobsterman who was found unresponsive Sunday in Plymouth Harbor has died. NBC Boston reports the man identified as Michael Furlong was found after the U.S. Coast Guard received a report of an unmanned lobster boat in Plymouth Harbor. 
The Coast Guard performed an aerial search and Furlong was located in the water. He was removed from the water by the Plymouth Harbor Master. Uh, first, they thought it was a rock, but it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster man. Why don't I have that handy? Well, we should have that handy because we talk about it more often than not. Oh, in fact, uh, hold on. There you go. We are at a party. Great song. Uh, according to WBZ uh, News, uh, Furlong was brought to a dock and rushed to a hospital. A uh, family member confirmed Furlong's death on Monday. They did not confuse him with Plymouth Rock, though, right? No, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. The, the, the whole idea of Plymouth Rock is a sham. Oh, it's a, it's the biggest sham in Massachusetts. Uh, how do you know that's the rock? It's not even that it's that rock. To me, the issue is it's like a pebble, about the size of a footstool. And we make a big deal. You know, we've protected it with this gigantic awning, you know, uh, around it that probably cost millions of dollars for a rock on the bottom of the, uh, uh, like, you know, that's 25 feet down. It's the most disappointing thing you can go to. And again, uh, again, how would you know that that was the actual rock? They they even say, you go to Plymouth Harbor, you see all the damn rocks out there? Loads of rocks. There's more than just one. It's not just like... You know, when you're a kid and somebody says, oh, they landed on Plymouth Rock, I'm thinking of this big, giant rock no, that, they, no, uh, no, that no. they got off. No, it's this little, tiny, little boulder, not even a boulder. I wouldn't even call that a boulder. i call that a pebble. It's not. It, it's bigger than a pebble, <clears throat> but not not a boulder. It's. No. I mean, you can't even call it, you know, a, 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 a glacial yeah. rock. It's just, it's just a tiny rock. Yeah, and then the guy, you know, the, the tour guide there is like, well, well you know, uh, back in the 1800s, they decided to move the rock onto the shore, you know, it, it put it into that little, you know, encapsulation thing. Right. I'm like, again, how do you know that that was the rock? It's like the tour of the Mayflower. Mm-hmm. That's not the real Mayflower. No. but That they make boat you... fell apart. But they make you think it is. That's why they call it the Mayflower 2. Guess what? Yeah. Mayflower 1 didn't make it. Mayflower 2 ain't going to make it either. Ain't gonna, well, they, yeah, actually, they had it closed down forever for, uh, for renovations. So I think now the Mayflower 2 is a recreation of the boat they came on. Mm-hmm. But it ain't the boat. It's the fake. It's, it's yeah, like it's a all fake news. The sweatshop boat. It's the fake news of the 1600s. Uh, a deer ran through the front door of a Louisiana hospital and climbed up an escalator before it was captured and later euthanized because of its injuries. News outlets report that the surveillance video showed the animal bounding into Our Lady of the Lake Hospital in Baton Rouge through an open door on Monday. It stumbled on the slippery floor as stunned workers and visitors watched from a few feet away. Then it climbed up the down escalator and, uh, and reached the second floor where it was finally corralled. The Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Department says the animal had to be euthanized because of its injuries. Because it didn't know how to use an escalator. Yeah. It was a female deer. A doe? A doe. The a deer? deer? A female deer. Hmm. Who said, uh, as she ran through screaming, I will not do that for a buck ever again! I see what you're it doing It is there. easy. That's an antelope joke. He had his penis on a rope! <laughs> Why is the, so that's where the guy got that's the idea. That's where the guy got the idea from. See? Your Pioneer Valley forecast today brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white. 
And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman, Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, let me just say for the record that it would take the jaws of life and something extraordinary for some would-be competitor to entice me to leave this job to work in some sort of floundering hellhole. I'm a man with standards and a comfortable position, flapping my gums about nonsense every single day for you, Rubes. And I say that with great respect and appreciation. And that's why I'm still here nearly 27 years later. That same sort of appreciation cannot be stated for now former Red Sox left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, who after seven seasons and after completing his fully guaranteed one-year $8.3 million contract with Boston, has allegedly agreed to a contract with the Detroit Tigers. Yes, I said the Tigers. A team that has not made the playoffs in seven years. A team that has not finished less than 10 games back in the American League Central in five years. A team that has not won a World Series since my senior year in high school, which I can assure you was a very long time ago. Why did he leave the comforts of Boston after seven seasons? Well, perhaps it had something to do with the Tigers offering him a five-year contract worth a reported $77 million. That works out to just over $15 million per season. That's nearly double the amount that he was getting paid in the Red Sox uniform. Now, that all sounds great on paper. Doubling your salary, leaving a team that's rich in talent that's full of promise despite losing in the ALCS to Houston. Yes, there's lots of reasons you'd want to leave, I suppose, but I can think of no reason why somebody would leave the warm and loving embrace of New England in the summertime in exchange of five years in one of the worst cities in America. But I suppose if you love the smell of abandoned factories, crime, abject poverty that's stuck in the industrialized wasteland, then I suppose Detroit would be right up your alley. Personally, I would have stayed in Boston for less, if for any other reason than the fact that at least they have a professional baseball team there. But hey, you enjoy all that money, Ed. We'll be busy getting ready for next year's playoffs instead. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have a pro sharpen your chainsaw. It's a damn good idea. See Alan at the Westfield Rockies. Alan is a steel train chainsaw expert. If you need service or repairs or want to figure out which chainsaw to buy, it's good people like Alan that's going to help you out. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812 and Van Halen on Rock 102. Going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 48. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 50. It is 31 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, to say it is an honor and a pleasure to welcome Barry Krieger in this in this studio is an understatement. It's an understatement to have someone of his, uh, of his vision, his, uh, his, his, uh, his masculinity. <laughs> He's a god. Uh, his, his heroism. Uh, tell me to know that I understand fluent sarcasm. There's no sarcasm <laughs> yeah, at all. Here, no way, not Barry. Here, You've earned it. You've hey, earned these kinds of uh, this kind of wording. Hey, by the way, you weren't hanging out around a big wide parking lot in Southampton the other day, were you? No, but I really enjoyed the way Bax <laughs> deconstructed that story. Well, you, you think about it. I mean, it really had to be. You, you know what leads a man to get to that point where he says, "I can't just show off my penis. I have to." Provide a rope like a marionette, like like it's howdy doody. <laughs> howdy doody. That's I mean, someone's someone's got to pull the strings. How does he even think that that's going to work? That's going to be a good idea. 
Oh, he's like uh, he's like Geppetto. <laughs> <laughs> One day he'll be a real boy, yeah. a real live boy. Watch him lie about it yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, hey, you poke your eye out, kid. No, uh, that is one of those stories where you say, uh, you know, what what leads a man to those steps? Because it it, it 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 couldn't have been yeah. his first time out. It already said he's done it like 108 times for crying out loud. That sounds like the germ of a documentary. We could put that together, and uh, it'd be a Netflix special. Yeah, you know anything about the television editing or anything like that? We could probably uh, put that together. I used to, but I've forgotten quite a bit. Well, you know people. <laughs> you know people. You could hook us up with. I did know people. Mm-hmm. You did know people. Yeah. He doesn't know them anymore. So how are you, Barry? I'm pretty good. I mean, you're in retirement. You're like the man of leisure. You're traveling. You're doing stuff. You're doing Barry Krieger type of stuff. <laughs> Hiding out in West Springfield. That's fantastic. Living a very quiet life. Good for you, Barry. Good for you. Well, you, you came over to my house a couple of weeks ago. I did that. Yeah. I did it for your child's birthday party. Yeah. And you were serving adult beverages that I wouldn't have, but uh, and you, have and you don't have. Who? But I didn't have adult beverages there. Somebody did. I think somebody who came brought their own. It was own a BYOB bed. situation. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. always a BYOB at Steve's house. Uh, but uh, well, you didn't indulge in the the, the crack and the cocaine. Uh, you know, I offered all that stuff to you, and you said no. <laughs> you just wanted to eat eggplant parmesan. That was excellent. That see? Was see, I got good food when Barry comes over. Yeah. When Bax comes over, uh, you're getting hot. Well, see, I I, uh, I almost uh, rarely, if ever, get an invitation. Uh, I rarely get an invitation to Steve's house. I rarely get an invitation to well, dinner or lunch uh, we, with you dudes. You uh, have some history of saying, ah, I'm busy that day. Yeah. Wait, you know what? That's Listen, yeah, it's the middle of the day. Sometimes i got to pick up my kids at school. I mean, all you got to do is... Is invite me and ask. Yeah. See, that's that, it. That's all he wants. He just wants the uh, to be invited. He doesn't want to hang out. He just wants to be invited. Oh, no, come on. Just no, so hang he out can with say you. no. Barry, have you and I ever had a bad time together? Never. See? See, Steve? Yeah. How I'm, many, I'm, a, how, I'm a delight. But how many times have you spent with Barry uh, together, and how many times have uh, Barry and I have spent Well, there is together. a disproportionate yeah. level. I'm being pulled in so many directions now. Well, we, don't, don't, I mean, don't take it personally, Barry. I mean, we all want to spend time with you. I'm just saying there is a disproportionate level of respect that goes around. You know, obviously you're going to get all the good stuff, and I'm going to get the scraps. Barry and I once took an hour drive to go get hot roast beef. That's true. That's true. We went to Connecticut. A beef on a weck. Oh, man. How was the roast beef? Uh, oh, oh, you mean like the food? We yeah. Didn't, we didn't have that. No, I'm just kidding. Wasn't it a roast beef sandwich or something? Yes, or, it was. Uh, we go to Glastonbury or somewhere? Uh, I believe it was, uh, what is the name of that town? I have the memory of a ferret. It's, <laughs> it's right off, it's like, it's uh. like two miles off of 91. See, um, I would have been happy to hang out in the car with you guys for over an, uh, over an hour just for a roast beef sandwich. Yeah, it's, it's some famous roast beef But yet place. somehow my invitation got lost in the mail. No, no, I think I asked you and uh, you didn't hear me. What? Yeah. So, I, don't, uh, I don't believe there was an invitation. So, Barry, uh, what is your take on the local news anchors uh, now that you have gone? you got a whole, like, a, it's like the freshman crew in there now. It certainly is. Uh, well, it's not just local news. It's national news. There's a lot of things in the news that irk me. But one of the things that irks me rather repeatedly was uh, last week or two weeks ago, they had, they closed down a school or they, they evacuated the school because there was an anonymous online threat of a shooting, a school shooting at a Central High School, which was way out of state. Right. And all the Central High Schools all over the... But what irks me is that the, the news covers it. Why do they even give this any publicity? 
Uh, I know this is not a popular opinion, but I think these school threats, these uh, bomb threats, shouldn't be paid any attention to. I know the schools have to pay attention to them, but why does it have to be news? Are they just filling the sack? Are they just trying to propagate more well, fear? You know, it, it's interesting because you didn't realize that it was a anonymous Central High School until after the threat was out mm-hmm. there and after every television station in America would say, our Central High School's been threatened. And it wasn't. It was another Central High School and it was written on a bathroom stall. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a good threat. And spelled incorrectly, too, which <laughs> tells you what kind of education was going on in that particular Central High School. I can remember times when they would evacuate schools in Palmer because some urchin wrote B-O-M on the boys' room door. And they said, oh, this is, uh, this is something we got to take it seriously. You don't have to take it seriously. And if you have to report it, put the word hoax up there pretty Hi. Yeah, there you go. You're talking about it. Barry Krieger, everybody. Barry uh, Krieger. I'm still stuck on the fact that Barry Krieger said filling the sack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've heard him say that before. Uh, But you're right. I I think that if if you do give these people attention, that's exactly what they're looking for. And they've succeeded once you do uh, say, oh, yeah, this is like the fourth call now that they've had in a month. That Palmer High School thing was, uh, was out of control. You remember the other uh, vandalism thing in in the uh, in the bathroom at the at Palmer High School, or it was a high school, or I'm trying to remember which which it was thing. A, well, the so guy, many. It was like anti-Semitic uh, writing on the bathroom wall, right? Yes, and it said "Hail Hitler," <laughs> right? Well, that's well, what "Hail" well, means, well, right? Well, right. Well, "Hail" is the yeah, but it, it was almost like oh, this is like some sort of a Hitler weather event. <laughs> <laughs> That's really that's really bad hair. Right. Really me- bad hair. Like there was meteorological storm trooping going yeah, through Palmer. Right. How about the network news anchors? We've got a lot to unpack tonight. We gotta drill down. <laughs> We've gotta dig deeper. All of a sudden it's gonna a mining. A, we're gonna operation. do a deep dive. <laughs> deep dive, yes. A deep dive is another one. I yeah, uh, you know when I was a kid, you know, you had uh, you had the, the you had the Cronkite. You know, you had uh you know David Brinkley and John Chancellor. You had uh, yeah, I had Roger oh, Mudd, Roger Mudd, you Tom all, Brokaw. You had all these guys that oozed journalistic integrity. Now you just got guys who just ooze, and I, you know, <laughs> I, they're oozing news, and it's like it's not even. I, I, I saw not that long ago a video on YouTube of John Chancellor doing a story. I think it was like a, a at like a political convention. And there was like there was just something about that guy where you just said, okay, you know what? Here's a guy I respect. He's not going to give you a biased look at news. He's going to tell you exactly what is going on at that moment. There's so much uh, opinion and and uh, and and punditry in in news that it's almost impossible to to know. Am I being told news or am I being told opinion? You know, we have to develop our own filters because there is so much opinion and agenda attached to the news. You know, pick the one you want to watch and that's the one you're going to hear. And you're going to hear what you want to hear. Uh, But you have to understand what the truth is. And you have to determine what the truth is because you're not necessarily getting it. It it irks me quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the news. I'm a consumer like everybody else these days. But uh, I, I understand what I'm hearing, and I can understand when I'm hearing something that's, they're shading that. And, and I think other people, people are getting more sophisticated, and they're understanding that. Or too, purposely though. omitting something yeah. to prove an agenda. Choosing to cover something, and if you switch between CNN and Fox, you see 
totally different things that they're focused on. Yeah, and uh, and it fits their brand. But it, but it also kind of negates the integrity of what they're trying to say. And the I'm journalism not, I, thing is is lost. It is, and I'm not just focusing on a, on, a, on a Fox or a CNN or MSNBC because they all have their particular point of view, and they're all valid to their to their constituents, their their audiences. Their audience. You know, and 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 just because you know you may not agree with it does not necessarily mean that there's not elements of truth to what they're reporting. But you got to decipher what is that truth and what is fictional or uh, opinion making. And it's like yeah, I, I find watching that kind of that kind of reporting uh, impossible to watch. No, no matter what side uh, I'm watching, I, I find it really hard to to absorb anymore. I watch more Netflix these days, you know, and uh, tell you the truth. I mean, I, I'm watching, I, w- I was watching the closing arguments in that Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial. That's, yeah. That's pretty fascinating stuff. I love courtroom stuff, but I don't like the synopsis that you get from these guys and that guy. Nah, that's what so I'm you, saying. You can't listen to that, though. You, you got you to gotta develop and engage your own filters. You know, that's all I can say. Each one of us has a responsibility to determine the truth. Because nobody's just telling it to you the way Barry, it is. I'm not sure you can handle the truth. <laughs> he can handle the truth. <laughs> He'd like to handle the truth, but he's going to try to. Oh, somebody told he's him he's got to unpack the truth. We're going to dig deeper and we'll drill down and <laughs> find somebody, it. If somebody told him his egg salad didn't really taste as good as everybody thought it was, he'd be a little bit slighted by that. He, I, he I heard like you this truth. morning, Bax. You said, well, "What are we going to talk to him about?" Which was actually the question I asked Steve when he called me. And he says, you know, we've already kind of talked about his egg salad and uh, Costco chicken. And uh, I say, oh, okay, well, I guess they don't want the egg salad that I made them last night. You made us egg salad? I actually did. You did? I was taught by my ex-wife never to show up anyplace empty-handed. No kidding. How about that? Your ex-wife told you that? My ex-wife. Did she tell you this before she was your ex-wife or after she no, was your ex-wife? No, while we were a couple, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. We, you know, you had to stop and buy an apple pie at... Atkins, or you had to stop somewhere and get a bottle of wine or something. Or but you a, can't marble, just... a marble rye, perhaps. Marble, wow. Yeah. I'm almost wondering, wh- why do I not have egg salad in front of me now? It's out there in a cooler. Yeah, it's in a cooler. <laughs> Steve it. thought I brought an organ for you. But... Yeah, is that your kidney? <laughs> so, Barry Krieger, what are you doing in, in retirement? Oh, I'm just harvesting organs and making eggs out. Well, you know, so go, going back to the, the news thing real quick, the, what, is it like a lack of development of talent by these news stations? Because, you know, we talked about this thing on the air last week. Uh, about an old reference, and you're familiar with it, about uh, a local reporter who was reading a story about peanut butter and, uh, and, and, and says, instead of saying homogenized peanut butter, she says homogenicide peanut butter. <laughs> homogenicized. Yeah, yes. homogenicized peanut butter. I think there was a combination of, uh, she probably hadn't seen the copy because there was a joke written into that copy, and uh, she totally didn't deliver it. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes these kids are, and even me, I, you would get copy that you hadn't pre-read. Right. You're not supposed to do that, be in that situation, but it does happen because there was so much else happening. So sometimes stories get in there deep down in the newscast. Well, I can see that for breaking news. But you know what? There is a, uh, what Brian Lapis calls cultural ignorance. <laughs> yeah. And, and these kids just don't really know all the words. You know, it's not a matter of, like, knowing how to pronounce, like, local towns and such but they don't know the words that, and then they get stumped by homogenized you know that, that's why brian lapis pronunciates <laughs> everything 
It's going to be 49 degrees today. Yeah, right. that's that's his, that's his normal cadence right there, too. And it's homogenized, not homogenocide. Brian says all the syllables. Yeah, <laughs> well, Barry, it's good to see you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. We'd have you back anytime. Hey, you know, I wanted to do one thing. I want to make an acknowledgement. Sure. Mm. Uh, you, you have referenced my uh, send-off party uh, a couple of years ago. Yes. And uh, there was something that I failed to do. I, I kind of underprepared for that. I, I didn't write as much as I should have, like nothing. And I, I sort of winged it, and I shouldn't have. And one thing I forgot to do was to thank the people who made that possible. And that was Kara and Ryan Walsh who are very good friends of mine. Kara's a longtime producer, senior producer, executive producer over at 22 News. And they made that thing happen for me. And uh, it was a wonderful thing. And Steve Nagel also, he, he insisted that something mm. take place. I remember so, getting the invite from Ryan. He said, my best friend's sister's boyfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> her from this guy who's dating this girl that Barry's having a retirement party at Nathan Bills on Saturday night. I guess it's pretty serious. <laughs> and Ryan did an impression of you doing an impression he of him did. doing just yeah. that. He did, yeah. yeah, that was a fun night. But yeah, I think that the, uh, the, the, the killer uh, performance of the night was Julie Tremel? Oh my word, was oh. she hilarious? Yes. Well, when somebody's I mean, bitter uh, about things, oh yeah, uh, they're totally yeah, hostile. But yeah. she unloaded Funny. everything that ever bothered her about Twenty Two <laughs> and certain people there. Yeah, <laughs> she held nothing back. Was it was great. beautiful, Barry. It's good to see you. You too, my friend. Thanks it's uh, eight twenty-six with Bax and O'Brien and Steve Nagel at Rock One Hundred Two. If you're in, it's eight thirty-one with Bax and O'Brien at Rock One Hundred Two. Mm. This egg salad is delicious. All right, hold on. I, I haven't uh, haven't tried it yet. Now again, you know Barry Krieger's egg salad has a uh, as a secret ingredients. It's made with love. He made a lot of egg salad. This was just for the two of us. Yeah, this is really good though. All right, here we go. Got a nice onion. Oh my god! Isn't that the best damn egg salad you ever had in your life? That is that is amazing egg salad. Mm-hmm. God damn it! You know what? I say this out of uh, total respect for the guy. When I say that Barry Krieger is like a uh, like a local hero, mm-hmm. I ain't joking. He says he feels sarcasm. There's not a lick of sarcasm in my voice. No. Long just, as this guy is periodically giving us eggs out, I'll say whatever you want. The only licks in this conversation are the licks of my lips from the delicious egg salad oh that Barry God. prepared for us this morning. That, you weren't lying. You were not it's lying. It's good, I'm telling you. And you know what? If you go over his house... He'll buy those onion rolls from Stop and Shop, the ones with the onion filling in them. And oh, and with like, like the dark uh, burnt onions on the top? Yeah, and then he'll toast it and then uh, serve the uh, the egg salad on the toasted onion roll. It's you know, awesome. I'm going to try real hard to just forget the fact that I've never been invited to his house and uh, or you know to lunches with you guys. I and, have a key. Huh? I have a key. Come on, you don't have a key to his house. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. You give him a key to your house? He knows the code. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I don't even have the, the... I don't have your codes. I wouldn't give you my code. I probably wouldn't give you my code either. Mm-hmm. You can forget about being on the code. We have news coming up next to Rock 102. 838. We're back on O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Villa Napolitana. Open for Thanksgiving. Make your reservations Today, here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Fifteen people were forced to evacuate a multifamily home in Northampton due to a fire in a second-floor bathroom early this morning. Northampton Deputy Chief uh, Deputy Fire Chief Stephen Vanas said the uh, fire at 25 Graves Avenue was first reported around 3:25 a.m. When firefighters arrived, they found smoke and fire coming from a second-story window. All the residents had gotten out safely on their own. 
The NASA said firefighters were able to help get the fire under control in about 20 minutes and were able to contain it to the bathroom and exterior of the home. A firefighter did suffer a minor injury and had to be taken to the hospital as a precaution. Firefighters are still looking into what caused that fire. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, heating iron. Like thinking that. of that, I was also thinking about a uh, bonfire. A bonfire? I'm not saying it's not possible. You you know. A bonfire in your bathroom? What are you, Brad Delp? Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily start a fire in my bathroom, but, I mean, you know, it's a possibility. I'm grilling sausages in the bathroom. You can uh, make a hibachi out of a bathtub, especially those old metal tubs in the, uh, you know. True. I try not to eat while I'm in the bathroom. That seems a little unsanitary to me. But, yeah, you're probably right about the uh, curling iron or, uh, you know what, some people like candles in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, sometimes things happen in a bathroom amongst an open flame that are not smart. No. A uh, Winston man has been arrested by Southampton police Monday after an incident at the Big Y parking lot. Officers were called to the parking lot around 4.30 p.m. Sunday for a report of a suspicious person allegedly putting something into a gas tank of a parked vehicle. By the time officers arrived, the person had left the area. Witnesses were able to provide police with enough information to identify the suspect, 37-year-old Alexander Yee of Winston in Worcester County. On Monday, around 4.45 p.m., Southampton and Winston officers arrested Yee at his home. He has been charged with breaking and entering into a motor vehicle as well as malicious destruction to a motor vehicle. The Southampton police say they are continuing to look into the incident to examine if there's any underlying motives and if this is similar to incidents in other nearby communities. No other information on the suspect or incidents posted on social media uh, has been confirmed at this time, but... Somebody told those people, and that original post that I was reading to you, yeah, about how these folks, uh, y you know, th some uh, the police must have said that to them. This guy is, uh, you know, this plate's been a problem 108 times, or you know, it's been reported to be a problem uh, around here 108 times. 108 times? I don't remember me being a problem 108 times. I was maybe a problem. 75 yeah. of those 108 but anything times. Anything 75 and up, uh, no, I didn't do that. If you uh, if you have a guy and you're aware of this vehicle and you're aware of the uh, the person who owns it and they've been involved in that many incidents, why then is he still on the streets holding his penis with a rope? I don't know. Shouldn't See, he be, like, uh, I don't know, in custody somewhere or hospitalized? So, or So that's what... The police didn't say that in the official report, but the original woman who posted the incident about her daughter experiencing this uh, guy putting stuff into the gas tank uh, said that, uh, you know, the 108 times, and then, and then he uh, would whip his penis out. He would he would follow the women to for the car to die out after putting the water in the tank <clears throat> and then whip the penis out with the rope. Man, I, I don't know what uh, Colonel Mustard is doing with that thing, but uh, honest to God, 108 times, and he's still out there. I've uh, I've had uh, soap on a rope, but I've never had uh, my penis on a rope. No, I actually don't. Uh, I don't tie it up. I mean, that's uh, put a little choker collar on it. I don't need to do that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure I will never need to do that. If I ever need to do that. I, I'm going to hope that uh, that I will be told that's not necessary. 
A uh, car crashed into the Dollar Tree in East Longmeadow Monday afternoon. The crash occurred around 3 p.m. at the Dollar Tree in the Heritage Park Plaza at 406 North Main Street. East Longmeadow Police Sergeant Michael Souza said the driver likely suffered some sort of medical event before crashing into the store. The driver was taken to the hospital to get checked out. No one inside the store was hurt, and there is currently no word on when the store will uh, reopen. Uh, East Longmeadow's National Treasure will be closed for some time until repairs are made. It's going to be a tough loss economically for East Longmeadow to recover without that store open. You know, they're uh, they're trying to change the name of that uh, store because things are going to be coming more than a dollar. Damn supply chain issues. It is supply chain issues. Uh, yeah. I don't realize how bad this supply chain thing really is. Uh, it's, uh, how shall I put this, bad. And, you know, I, was uh, at, I was at a store the other day that I needed to buy a certain thing. Not available. Not available because of the of like shipping issues. Can you tell me what you were trying to buy? Or is <clears> it one of these, uh, it's personal? No, it's not personal. But if I say what it is, it would become quite clear what it is, and I don't want to put this company on notice because you know they do business with us, and and it is what it is. But you know it's not their fault. It's just that you know they can't get uh, what I needed, what I was looking for, in time because of these issues. You know, like 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 truckers. I yeah. mean, there's a there's a severe lack of truckers out there trucking. But it's to it's be a trucker, you got to keep on trucking. But it's more than just lack of truckers. There is lack of people making these products. Absolutely, There's lack of uh, of the ability to deliver the products to even the ports. Yeah, there's which a lot is causing the prices to go up. And there's a lot of truckers that would like to keep on trucking. You know, I like like for example, uh, the prices of meat. Have you noticed the prices of meat? Yes, I look buy meat almost every single day of my life. And I saw you know, certain cuts of meat that are almost double or more what they are normally and, sold for. And a lot of it is our fault. It's because a lot of us started hoarding things. And when you start hoarding things, they don't have enough time to make more stuff. So then everything gets backed up, and then they finally get the supply, but now they don't have enough people to deliver the supply. Yeah. but uh, And now so, look what's going to happen. You're going to have a, a bunch of... You pigs and a bunch of cows and chickens, you know, thinking they're uh, thinking they, you know, they, you know, they got away with something. Like, whoo, man, we dodged that bullet. Yeah, I. Uh, it's, it's all a, gonna come back. It's gonna get ugly. They're telling you to do your holiday shopping three months ago. I was looking to buy uh, delicious steaks mm-hmm. um, at a certain store. I will not name them. Um, Omaha steaks. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't name my steaks. But. Uh, I was when I saw the price. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> actually, uh, went with a lesser cut of meat, like a chicken. Yes, you went with a chicken. I went with a chicken. I oh, didn't want cheaper. chicken. I wanted meat. I wanted big, you know, Fred Flintstone tip over your car type of steaks. You want big, juicy meat. I want yes. I wanted like the thickest, mm. fattest steak with all that marbling. Instead, I got chicken. But now you're gonna have to wait. Uh, today, I just couldn't afford to eat the way I want. Yesterday was the day after announcing last month it would resume the sale of hard liquor. United Airlines uh, t- uh, said that they or did just that for flights longer than uh, 301 miles to the domestic U.S., Canada, and Latin markets. The carrier made the decision despite an overwhelming amount of onboard incidents and physical altercations between passengers and flight crews this year. 
More than 5,000 reported to the FAA, in fact. Many of those were verbal and due to the fact, uh, due to the face mask mandate, but some were physical and fueled by alcohol consumption. That's probably one of the most dangerous things you can do. You get somebody who's already irritated having to wear the mask on the plane. Yep. Now you're letting them sit in an airport, probably, uh, you know, having a few cold ones, and then you get on the airplane, and now you're serving even more hard liquor. Yep. That's a recipe for disaster. It is. And even at airport prices. Yeah. Just two days ago, in fact, a woman was charged with assault in Dallas after physically attacking Southwest Airlines operation manager at Love Field, although there was no indication whether the woman was inebriated. Southwest has actually banned sales of hard liquor into 2022, but United believes this is the right time to bring back hard liquor sales, and that total number of passenger flight crew incidents is lower than fellow airlines. Yeah, until now. Yeah, right. You know, you Once start you open en- it up, then guess what? You start encouraging that behavior. I do have to say, though, there is a... Uh, it's a class thing. The cheaper <clears throat> the price of the ticket, yeah, like a Spirit Airlines, a lot of these are happening on the no-frills airlines. You know, you do see them happening on, you know, Deltas and Uniteds, but very few. Most of the incidents that have involved the physical altercations have happened on a on a discount airline like Southwest or Spirit. And um, I would attribute uh, the Spirit ones to, yeah, you're paying $60 for a ticket from here to Orlando, but it takes you 26 hours to get there because you got six layovers in uh, five different cities. But based purely on the economics of alcohol and, uh, you know, air travel, it's a lot. It takes a lot of money to get drunk in an airport or on a plane. Yeah. It's expensive. And unless you're sitting in first class, that's the only time you're going to get the, the, the – you have to spend that money to yeah. do that. But a lot of people – it's not illegal to bring a nip on the plane with you. No. It is illegal to open that nip and consume it, but who's checking that? You know, there used to be an airline many, many years ago, and its hub was Milwaukee. It was called the Midwest Express. Oh, I remember the Midwest Express. Now, the Midwest Express. That was that movie with Tom Hanks <clears throat> and uh, where they went to go see Santa Claus at the North Pole. No, no, that was the uh, the Polar Express. You're thinking about the, uh, the movie where somebody gets killed, and everybody on the train had a, a motive to kill. Is that the, the Orient the Express? The Orient Express. Yeah, you didn't have that one? The Agatha Christie movie? You didn't know that one? I never saw it. Anyway, uh, what Midwest Express would do is, and this is, what made, this is what separated them from every other airline in America. First things first. Uh, everything was uh, first class width of the seat mm-hmm. throughout coach. Then, uh, throughout the flight, they would give you a free glass of wine. Your choice, red or white. Okay. Okay? Then, as the uh, the flight was uh, winding down, they would offer fresh-baked cookies for the passengers. Oh. Dude, these were piping hot, like right out of the airport ovens. I mean, they were just, they were... They were screaming with heat. It's like going to Seven Bees. You get Mama Bee's cookies at the end of your meal. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, and then all of a sudden they were absorbed by some other, you know, major airline conglomerate. No more free wine. No more free cookies. 
No more wide seats that just made you feel like you're sitting in your living room. None of that stuff. Yeah, and it see, wasn't any more expensive than any other flight anywhere else. See, I would take that airline in a heartbeat. Oh, my gosh. There was one flight I was on. I swear to God, this is a true story. Half the, uh, half the flight was empty. It was a late-night flight, the last uh, flight of the day. Hardly, probably like 50 people on the plane. They're passing the bottles of wine. Like, they're trying to get rid of the wine for the rest of the day. And it wasn't just one or two glasses of free wine. I think I had like five or six of them. Oh, good for you. Because, you know, it was the end of the night. I still had an hour, uh, an hour drive uh, once I arrived at my destination. And what the hell? How can you say no? I said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you skip the wine and just bring me the cookies? Bring me the whole platter of hot baked cookies. Oh, man. I miss that airline so much. You were like, oh, give me a wine. I was a sloppy, sloppy, yeah. sloppy passenger like with the, chocolate chips wedged between my teeth. Told and, you, oh, it's like the day I hear, I had the uh, the double IPA from uh, Opa Opa on top of the uh, McDonald's breakfast burrito that was dropped off to us. Do remember that. Those, Those were good times. Good times. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 47. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 50. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock.